Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we are inching our way towards our top games of all time, looking at games 20 through 11. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 142. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with grapefruits in one hand and oranges in the other. And I don't know what that is between his toes, but he is doing some squeezing. There is juice flying everywhere. Dean, can you please tell me what in the world are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm playing a video game. That's <laughs> ah. not what it sounds like. So here's the thing. Darren, <laughs> a couple weeks ago, uh, I think maybe two episodes ago, said the phrase, is the juice worth the squeeze? Or you said it was worth the squeeze? Something along those lines. I don't even remember the context. The juice is worth the squeeze. We're talking about a, a difficult game that's got a lot to go through. And we were okay. just saying that it's worth it to jump through those hoops because the end product is good. The juice is worth the squeeze. Well, I don't think I had ever heard that phrase before. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering. But as as is life, such is life when <laughs> you hear something for the first time and then you start hearing it everywhere. Well, I was playing the new game, the new video game, Starfield. You know this game? Uh, I do is. not. I don't do video games. Okay. Well, if you weren't so old and lame, you would know <laughs> that the, uh, it's basically, you don't know Skyrim either, but Skyrim's like this fantasy game, fantasy first person game. Well, the same company did, the space basically it's space skyrim and it's fantastic and in the phrase in like the opening scene he says the juice is worth the squeeze and i was like wow that is fantastic <laughs> darren is a writer for bethesda that's <laughs> still waiting on that check bethesda come yeah. on now yeah just for that one phrase that you didn't even come just, up with uh, but no <laughs> <laughs> but Anyway, that's uh, that. It made me smile quite big, almost as much as it did to see the Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Which what? we don't have to go into that. But <laughs> opening game, I don't even know if you knew that yet. We, uh, I did not. I didn't realize the NFL had even started. Man, I'm I'm living in my own little world under a rock up here in Indiana. Well, it just started. Just started last night. Was the first okay. game. It was the Thursday night game, and the Lions beat the reigning champions, Kansas City Chiefs, by one point. Going undefeated. Call it now. I I think so. Really, it's <laughs> go look out, um, Patriots twenty. Oh man, what year was that? Those Patriots twenty. It doesn't uh, matter. The seventy two Dolphins are still the only undefeated team to win it all, <laughs> right? So that's who that's needs true. to look out. If less games, those though, that are still alive, they need to look out because the Lions are coming. That's right, and we seventeen games in a season now, so it would be uh-huh. crazy, even tougher. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But you didn't come here for board games. You didn't come here for video. Uh, wait, wait, whoa! Wait, let me start no, that no, over. Yeah. Strike that. You didn't, reverse you it. Didn't, <laughs> you didn't come here for sports games. You didn't come here for video games. You came here for what? For board games. Whoop, whoop. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to look at our twenty through eleven games. We don't even want to talk about games we've been playing lately because we don't even care. They're all dumb garbage games. <laughs> we want to play not. these games. <laughs> <laughs> actually they're not some of those games that i played recently are fantastic they're but great. we're talking about our some of our favorite games 
of all times. Now, now that so Darren, we're gonna land the number one game of all time with Darren finishing up because you don't know, you don't have any idea what his number one game of all time is. You, you probably, probably know what mine do. is. <laughs> so today we're gonna land with me, meaning we're gonna start with Darren for his number twenty game. Mm. I'm excited. Mine. I'm getting excited to hear more about your games, Darren. As this list goes on, I continue to get excited. One, because I think these are really amazing games. Two, it just makes me realize how many great games that are out there, how many that I have, how many that I don't have, and how many I just want to play. And there's not enough time to play them all. This, uh, Mm. you know, it's, it's a daunting task. But man, you're right. We do have some amazing games that are out there. And so my number 20 is the first time I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit on this list. Because I know you've already cheated by taking a few games and lumping them into one, like Unmatched. You mentioned that an episode or two ago. Yep. There's lots of different games. I'm going to take two games. I'm going to group them together because I just love them so much. It's one of, it's by one of our favorite designers. Um, the first version of this game came out in 2016. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I take that back. Strike that. <laughs> the version of this game that I have came out in 2019. It was an anniversary edition. It is one of the classic Euros of Euros. It is the Castles of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And I'm pairing that with the Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Oh, that's right. I forget that you love that one. I love these two so much for different reasons, as we'll, as we'll see. So again, uh, if you don't know, Castles of Burgundy, designed by Stefan Feld, uh, published by Aaliyah. Uh, the, the art in the original game. Um, I can't right now. I don't have that here in in front of me. We'll get to the yard here in just a moment because it is it is something definitely part of this conversation. Uh, but Castle of Burgundy is a one to four player seventy to one hundred twenty minute game, and the card game is only thirty to sixty minutes. Keep that in mind. It's about half half the length of the of the original game. Um, Castles of Burgundy itself is number 17 overall, but the card game is 973 overall. So quite a bit of difference, but I think it's just because people don't know what they're missing. Now, the board game I'm talking about is the new edition, not the Awakened Realms version. I don't have that, couldn't splurge into that, but this is the anniversary edition that Aaliyah put out in 2019 that had um, all of the expansions up to that point. I think there were eight of them. And uh, yeah, and, and it has a new art to it, but of course... I prefer the art of the older version, the one that everybody said was ugly. I actually preferred that to the newer art that, that I have in this edition. The card mm-hmm. game has that old art, and so I really appreciate that. But either way, Castle of Burgundy, it's a dice worker placement game, tile placement um, with very unique theme. You don't see this anywhere where you are an aristocrat in medieval France trying to expand your lands. I mean, that's never done Okay, it's done all the time. You're trading, you're exploiting silver mines, not unlike aristocrats today. And so on your turn, what you're going to do is you're going to roll two dice and you're going to use those pit values to claim certain buildings or goods or animal tiles. You're going to add them to your lands. And each of those buildings that you take, you know, do some kind of special actions. And of course, everything gives you points in this. Uh, you can use dice to ship goods. You can use dice to claim some other stuff. You also have these worker tiles that you can use to help manipulate the pit values of those dice. Uh, to help you take some of the things that you want to take. And as you complete certain sections of your player board, you can score more points or get other bonuses. And of course, the most points in this wins. And the card game does a lot of similar stuff that the board game does, but with multi-use cards. So it's a bit less fiddly than all the tons of tiles, little bitty tiny tiles that come in the the board game version. Um, The cards are your tiles. They're also your dice. 
And um, they also tell you how much points they're worth at the bottom because you are doing lots of set collection with these cards. And so um, that aspect of the game is a little more obvious, maybe not as challenging as you might get in the board game. Uh, but it is quicker and much more approachable. Both of these games, I've only played it like one to two players. And um, I definitely prefer the card game solo. Uh, it's fun. It's quick, thinky little puzzle where you're fighting the AI for points. Um, and, I, and I know there's a dice version of this too, which I also think is good. Not near as good as these two. If we did like a top travel list one day, I would throw probably the dice the dice version on that. But uh, but I do love both of these games so much. Uh, pretty much on on even par there, the board game and the and the card game. And, and, and I know you're a fan of Burgundy as well. Yep. Yeah, you. I'm actually looking at on my shelf right now, special edition, mm. that new Awakened Realms version. Wow. Yeah, that sits unplayed upon my shelf right now. <laughs> I I just got it in a couple weeks ago, and I still haven't had a chance to play. Uh, yeah, I I like I like the card game. I like the dice game, and the dice game is a great airplane game. I think. Yeah, one of the few that actually can be played on yeah. a t on a uh, airplane tray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have uh, multiple times. I, I, <laughs> I enjoy it quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great pick, Darren. You might hear about me talk about that a little bit later. Mm. I'm looking at making me think. Maybe this will help you to judge my games for today. But how many of them take place in European locations? And half of my games today, including the one I'm going to talk about right now. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so that's your number 20. That's number 20. Yep, the Castles of Burgundy and the card game. There we go. My number 20 is a game that takes place in Rome where you're building up the city of Rome from the foundation. <gasps> it is foundation. Foundations of Rome. That's right. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is a uh, big, big Big box game. Also big, looking at it on my box. shelf, even bigger than the new Castles of Burgundy box. Um, plays two to four players, although you've... Uh, I don't know if... I guess it was an expansion where I picked up where you could play with five players. And it, it plays well at all player counts, I think. But basically, you are getting these plots of land, putting your markers on that, and then building up the different buildings that are going to give you points. They're going to give you money. They're going to give you population. And all of those things are going to be used. Money is going to be used to buy more land. And then the points are going to be used to uh, win the game, which I rarely do. Now, the cool thing I like about this one is the base game itself is a pretty light experience. What I just described really is the game. So you're either going to take money, take a buy a plot of land, or you're going to build buildings out onto the board. As you add the expansion stuff in, it makes it a heavier game. Now, that's not a heavy game by any stretch. In fact, this is, uh, let's see, weight is 1.99 on BGG. My guess is with the expansion stuff, that's actually maybe more in like the two and a half range, which is is kind of my jam. And uh, it adds these different monuments that you can put out there. It adds uh, player powers. It adds other cards that go into the deed deck. It adds lots of cool things, and it's all modular, so you can put whatever you want into into the game. There's a new expansion coming out for this. There is, per Johnny Meepletown's request, there is a new version of this coming out that is a cheaper version. I don't know much other than that. It's going to be a lower-produced version, but I don't know if it's mm -hmm. the exact same game or if it has any changes. I don't even remember what that's called. 
uh, Foundations of Metropolis. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not not huge on the name there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you wanted to stick with the Rome their own thing. Yeah, it'd be great if they if they made the newer, more scaled down version with cardboard tiles as opposed to all of the the plastic miniatures. If they had kept that in one of the ancient civilizations. But again, they're probably thinking if we do more of this ancient stuff, we want to do that big and don't want to put that in cardboard tiles. But yeah, just something not quite as um exciting about urban <laughs> urban tile laying. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But anyway, this uh, this game is ranked 520 overall. I did not mention this is a 2022 release, so this is pretty, pretty new. I'm wanting to say this was on my list last year, but I just don't. Uh, or do I? Do I have this pulled up? Foundations of Rome. Foundations. It of Rome. had to have been. You talked about this so much last year. Well, so I don't think it was. Oh, it was. It was. It did make my list last year. I wasn't sure of the timing of when it came out. Um, gotcha. This one came out. In time, it was number 13 on my list last year. So slid a little wow. bit, but it's not because I like it less. It's just, you know, the newness is worn off, but I still play this game a decent amount. My wife really enjoys playing this game mm-hmm. as well. Very nice. So that is my number 20, Foundations of Rome. Well, as long as we're in old Europe, let's let's go back to medieval France. What do you say? Because Ooh, that's where okay. all the best games were were made. Hakasan. <laughs> Is that right? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, my number 19 came out in 2019, and that is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Mm. This is designed by Shim Phillips and Sam McDonald, art by Vimicho, one of my favorites, and uh, and these designers as well. Uh, Published by Garfield Games, another company that I love. One to four players, 90 to 120 minutes. Number 64 overall. This is a worker placement game, again, set in classic medieval France. You're a noble person trying to gather workers from the city to defend against enemies and build fortifications. And one of the aspects about love about this is that you're also spreading faith throughout the land. The way these things are tied together is, is brilliant. Um, not necessarily, uh, healthy from a real life standpoint, but, but brilliant and how it, you know, played into some of the themes of the time, but in the game, you're drafting tavern cards to gain different colored workers. So that way they can do different things. And You've got these purple workers, for instance, that are wild, and uh, you can use those, and they give you money, but they also give you suspicion cards, which can put you in debt later when when it's tax season, when that comes around. So there's some pros and cons there. You have this deck of night cards where on your turn, you're going to draw three cards. You're going to keep one. You're going to put one on the top of your deck and one on the bottom of your deck. And so as you kind of keep coming back to that deck, you'll have some some say in, in, what, in what comes up later. And those nights that you take will give you more workers as well as temporarily increase your tracks full of, you know, your, you have three different tracks. That, well, actually it's one track, but three things that you're measuring on that track. And that's going to be strength and faith and influence. And so you're trying to move up the tracks in order to take certain actions and to, to increase your proficiency at them. Like, like when you fortify, um, when you take the fortify action, you can actually, you're taking cards and you're building a wall across the top of your player board. You can, you can attack, enemy cards that come out and uh, you can attack them for an instant bonus, or you can play the long game and try to convert them as opposed to attacking them. When you convert them, they'll give you some like lasting or in game bonuses. And again, I just love that. I love how your tracks are interconnected. You, you need this one to increase the other one and so many actions give you other actions. This is just, I think, even though it's just worker placement, 
I think it's kind of a thematic efficiency puzzle that's that's fun to solve. People say it's mm. multiplayer solitaire. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you can still have indirect interaction. Uh, and I will I will cuss you just as much for taking the card that I want than as if you did something directly against me. You know, it's still um, frustrating, but, you know, maybe that indirect stuff makes it also more palatable too. It's just so much fun. Uh, I can't wait to get this game back out eventually. At, um, it is such good stuff. You, you like Paladins, right? I do. And I, mm, I got rid of my copy. How dare you? Did it used to be the, on your list? A few months ago. <laughs> I, no, I don't think this one did. Architects may mm. have. I think out of those, Architects. Uh, it's close. Architects was my favorite. Paladins and then uh, Viscount. But I would say Paladins and Architects were closer. And um, it, it, Viscounts wasn't very close for me. I didn't love that game, but a lot of people do. But Paladins is a, is a cool game. I just have too many cool games. That's yeah, the problem. That is a, it's a good problem to have. But that is my number 19, Paladins of the West Kingdom. All right, my number 19. So we started off in France, moved on over to Italy, moved back to France. Now we're going to move up to Vienna, Austria. Mm. That is the, my number 19 is Grand Austria Hotel. This was a 2015 release um, for Virginio uh Gini and Simone Luciani and this is a this is also a dice drafting game uh, well I say also Castles of Burgundy is not a dice drafting game dice worker placement this is actually dice drafting where you will take a die of a numerical value and then you will take an action based on how many of those dice are out there so if I take a a value uh one die for example then I'll be able to take resources if I take a value uh, four, gosh, I have to be looking at the board. If I take a, a value four, four is money. Is that right? Does that seem right? Uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah money or the, or that, uh, moving up on that track. One of those, um, based on how many dice are there. So if there's three of those dice, then I take three money, uh, or a combination of money and moving up on that track. And you are going to be serving different, uh, guests in your hotel you're going to be serving them up their dishes and then sending them to their room. Yep. Just like parenting, right? <laughs> it's exactly. Right. This could have been a theme of feeding your kids and sending them off to bed. Really good. Except you would have had to have like 20 kids and that's uh, that's too many kids. So Depends on the kind of family you have. <laughs> there is an expansion for this one that did come out. I've not played the expansion, although, again, I do have it. And it includes a solo version. Uh, so that that's really the biggest reason I picked up the expansion because the base game of this one itself is just so good. So, so good. I don't really need anything else for it. But I like to play more solo games, so I'm going to get that out at some point. This is ranked 69 overall for good reason. A lot of people love, love this game, as in it's the top game of all time for a lot of people. What do you think? You played this? I have. You You may hear more about this a little bit later. Yeah, this is this is a good one. I'm a fan. Yeah. It's fantastic. This one has creeped up on me, too. I don't think. I, OK, now I got to go back since I'm talking about games I had on last year. Mm. Grand Austria Hotel on my list last year was 33. And it may, it probably was around there, maybe a little higher the year before. But I played it a lot this year. I played it online a lot, too, as well as in person. And it's just mm, it's so good every time. 
It, yep. It's never, it's never a bad play. I don't think. And this was a top five for uh, all hail co-founder Johnny Meeplatown, right? That seems right. That I seems right. That was, it was high on his list too. Yep. It's a good one. Yeah. Fantastic. 19 Grand Austria Hotel. My number 18 um, came out in 2018. Again, older civilization, but not quite as as old as what we've been talking about here. We, we're we're going to go across the pond, though. Oh, no. If to, it's not in Europe, we don't want it, Darren. <laughs> not on this, this show. This may be one of the only games on my, my list that's based in the in the U.S., particularly the Old West. This is Western Legends. Ooh, Western Legends. <laughs> that's the voice I should have said. That's the voice we need every time we introduce We the need game. the Gus Chiggins voice, actually. No, what we need? No, please, no. We don't need that. We need a Sam McDonald. Right, it's not Sam McDonald. Yeah. What's his name? Sam, McDonald. Sam Elliott. No, Sam Elliott. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yes, we you were know. thinking the same person, but said the wrong <laughs> oh, name. That's funny. Name. Yes, uh, but Western Legends is designed by. I wish I could pronounce this guy's name. Um, I love you as a designer. I just can't say your name very well. Hervra um, Martri. No, that was not it. That almost sounded like an edit. Like you just like voiced over whatever I said. <laughs> that was timed perfectly. Um, but Herb designed this and the art was by Roland McDonald and published by Colossal Games, two to six players, six to 90 minutes, 264 overall. This is the Old West game. It's an open world sandbox game where you can do whatever you want. You can take on the role of a Wild West legend. Um, you, each character you take will have its own unique setup. The only downside is you get a generic miniature to go with it. But hey, I guess that makes it more cost-effective maybe. But on your turn, you're going to take three actions. You can move around the board. You can play poker. You can drive cattle. You can mine for gold. You can use money to buy new items like special guns or horses to move around faster or whatever. You can be a bandit and rob your opponent. You can be a marshal and arrest the bandit. You can you can even rob a train when you throw in one of the expansions. You, know, the you goal can be is- old Gus Chickens <laughs> and you can be a prospector. Please, please Sorry, don't. okay, I'm Just done. Don't. I'm done. <laughs> Ultimately, your goal is not to make that voice. It is to earn legendary points. Um, but you're right, though. Playing this game brings out those kinds of feelings, like making the Gus Jenkins voice or whatever. I love the feel <laughs> and the silliness of this game and the stories that emerge and the fun that's had between the table, not just playing the game, but like when you, you know, you come up and you rob somebody or you just do something goofy and you just can't help but slip into some of those old Western tropes for better or worse. Um, the art is beautiful, and if you like the romanticized version of the Old West in the U.S., you'll love this. And I know you do. I expect to hear this later on somewhere Well, in your list. You will not. Oh, oh no! Gus yeah. Chicken has been retired. <laughs> it's no longer on the list. It is 100% because it's been a couple years since I've played. Wow. This game is amazing, and I love, love, love this game. It... If I played it this week, it would be on my list. I feel very confident in that. But it, I I really, it was hard for me to put it on there just because yeah. of that. But all the things you said and more, this game is is wonderful. It's a great pick. I've got it sitting up on my shelf right now too. And it's very sad because it's, it's just not gotten the plays yeah. in. And it's got several expansions. You don't need any of the expansions. I have them all. I've not played with them all yet. I hope to one day with someone like yourself that actually appreciates it. My family does not appreciate this game <laughs> as much as I do, but, um, but yeah, you have everything for it. I've got every, well, I did not get the big box, 
because that okay. and it's little extra pieces that went with it and that just felt unnecessary but i've got like all the expansions and promos and stuff with it um mm. as far as i can tell and the showdown the two-player showdown game was was given to us as a review copy uh, when i was oh, in right. con. so yeah. i've played that some i'm looking forward to us being able to talk about that here here soon when we're done with all this but yeah it's good too mm. yeah i need to uh I need to get that back out to the table. I have the first expansion and then it wasn't getting played. And so I've gotcha. uh, just haven't done it. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good game. Such a good game. It is. I want to move so that much. up to the top. I wonder if I can get, uh, we talked about dead of winter last mm-hmm. week, I think. And JB Epstein reached out to me and he said, yes, I will hundred percent play that with you. Awesome. I wonder if I can get yeah. him to play Western, Western legends, Western legends on top of the pile. Oh, My number 18. Cinnamon and gravy. <laughs> oh, pickle shoes man i love gus chickens (laughs) all right what do you got we moved from europe we moved over to the old west in the united states now we are moving a little bit farther away not too far we're going to move into outer space and look at eclipse second dawn for the galaxy not too far (laughs) (laughs) i would say this one is probably based the farthest away of any of the other games that I'll talk about today, except the games that don't, you know, the fictional games. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably still closer than this game. That's right. So Eclipse is a just a really cool overall space exploration game. Some people in the past have said this is not a very thematic game, and I say shenanigans to that. I think it's very thematic. You've got exploration you've got it's it's a 4x game you've got the exploration you've got the exploitation you've got the um extermination you've got the um the other x on there (laughs) Uh, i should have thought through that whenever i i started to go down that path but um cool thing you you have your you, you have your asymmetrical player powers you've got your player boards and as you're taking actions you're gonna have disc coming off of your uh off your board and it's going to uh, cost and, and determine, you know, how many actions you're going to be able to take based on how much money you have. And um, overall, you you can play this one a little less combaty, especially if you have a lot less players. There's not necessarily as much combat and as much uh, as much of the you know battling for resources, the competition for those resources. But if you play with more players, that is the way to do it because you're going to have a lot more interaction and uh, just a really fantastic experience. Love this one. This is my favorite space game. I would say Zaya is a really good one too, but I haven't gotten as gotten as much uh, plays of, of not, did I say Gaia? Zaya. Mm-hmm. Zaya project. Zaya, not Gaia project. Um, <laughs> Gaia project is a fun game too, I'd have, but neither one of those I've played very much. This one I've played more but I need more and more plays of it. Maybe I can get Jamie to play this one with me too. Have you played this one? Because if not, we should play it. I have not. Which Eclipse did you say this was? Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy. Okay. This okay. is the this is the new version that came out in 2020. Um, the, the new version of New Dawn for the Galaxy? This is Second Dawn. It's a Second Dawn. That's galaxy. right. Right, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yes. It's the second I'm... edition of this game, basically. This one's ranked 21 overall. At one time... I think Eclipse may have been the number one game of all time. Not the wow, second okay. one, but the first one. If not, it was really high. It was really gotcha. high. I remember being at four at one point, but I, I feel like it may have been the highest ranked game. 
Yeah. No, that's neat. No, I've not played this. Again, like a lot of the Space 4X games don't really, haven't spoken to me traditionally, but I am curious. I know you've talked a lot about Roy's uh, Roy Kennedy's Last Light. I'm curious about seeing that. And I'm curious about ARCs that's eventually coming out from Leader Games. So those those do sound appealing, but um, and I'm sure a lot of them have taken some inspiration from this one. Like you said, I hear a lot of people talk about Eclipse, but no experience with it though. Yeah, the game mechanisms are just a lot of fun. You're building up your building up your ships, getting giving them different technologies, and if you're attacking, it gives you more dice to roll. Um, even though it, it it there is you know the dice rolling, it feels very. Mm, I don't want to say Euro because it's not a Euro game. It's very thematic, I think. But okay. it, but the mechanisms are good. It's not just a dice chucking game. Like there's there's cool strategies to be had and and made during this game. So, I, I I highly recommend this one. But you don't really need me to because so many people have loved this game over the years, which is why they got this huge big box second edition that came out. I don't have everything for that. I just got the main just the base game of the new version, even though it's a big box and lots of cool stuff. in yeah. it. Well, you're on par with the people. It's number 21 overall. Like you said, there we go. I'm sticking my top 50 games are the top 50 games of all time on BGG. It seems <laughs> <laughs> you're just all chalk. It's all talk. All, right. all talk. Oh, 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 and that was your number 18. Is that correct? My number 18 are eclipse second on for the galaxy. All right. Sweet. So we are on to number 17. And my number 17, you know, we've been going back and forth, different locations. This one is global. This one even reaches out into outer space. You can, there's no, there's no limitations to how far this game can go and where it can be played. And that is Marvel Champions, the card game, which came out in 2019. And I'm just talking about all of it. I've got a lot of it. There's lots to this game. I don't have all of it, but I've got lots. And, um, yeah, so we will, we'll just be talking about all of it in, in general. And if you want to talk specifics, we we can. But this is designed by Michael Boggs and Nate French and Caleb Grace, published by Fantasy Flight Games, one to four players. Uh, I prefer one or two. Uh, 45 to 90 minutes, number 40 overall. This is a deck construction, hand management, cooperative living card game. None of this trading or collectible card game nonsense. This is a living oh. card game. <laughs> you, you are kind <laughs> Looking at you, Larkana, um, you are a Marvel character and your character card has two sides. You can uh, be your hero side or you can be an alter ego side. And each side has its own special ability and different stats. And you are facing a villain who has a main scheme that they are trying to accomplish. And they have a deck of cards that you're flipping over, which may might attack you. If you're in your hero form, it may scheme, add stuff to that scheme. If you're in your alter ego form, um, that deck may flip over lesser villains or henchmen or other villains that will come out that you'll have to face. Or it also may uh, bring about other side schemes that you'll have to take care of. Um, If the villain ever knocks you down to zero health, or if they ever fully accomplish their main scheme, then you lose. All the while, you're trying to do damage to them in your hero form, or if you're in your alter ego form, you can thwart their schemes. And so you've got your deck of cards and you're, you're playing out allies or taking special actions. And you're trying to attack them. And of course, you've got to spin cards in order to play cards. And and those types of decisions are always fun. You're like, I've got these five cards in my hand. I want to play this one, but then I'll have to get rid of this one. But I don't want to get rid of this one because I need this one for later. Those types of decisions are always fun and super juicy, well worth the squeeze. 
And <laughs> this game is about as thematic and as comic-tastic as a card game can be, I think. Um, the core game comes with a few villains and several heroes. And of course, you can buy many more hero packs and, and I have <laughs> and other villain packs. And I have uh, there's full box campaign expansions you can buy now where you go through a campaign and you can earn cards and kind of add them into your deck, sort of like you might do in Lord of the Rings, the card game or Arkham Horror, the card game. Um, it adds a little bit of the story to this game that originally came out. People say, well, there's no story here. These expansions add some of that. It is, it is so good. And this this living card game model where you get a full deck that's ready to go. Um, you don't have to go buy booster packs or anything. I, I love the simplicity of that and the ease of playing that more so than some of the collectible card game stuff. This is, man, it's so good. I don't get a chance to play this enough though. I played this one a lot over the past year. It's been yeah. several months, but yeah, I went through a phase of of playing this a lot, a lot. I got one of the expansions and. Yeah, the thing I like about this is if you want to do the deck construction, you can. Right. But you don't have to, even more so than than Arkham Horror, the card game. I feel like mm-hmm. you you really do need to do that a little bit more in that. Right. Um Yeah, but this one, like you said, you can just pick up a deck, and that's for me, that's a little bit more appealing. This is the friendlier of those three. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm I I have a suspicion you might be able to you might be talking about another one of those later who knows i don't know that for sure but this one is the the more approachable of the arkham horror and the lord of the rings games yep yeah like you said at each deck hero pack you buy comes with some aspect cards that you can add into that deck or use in another deck so yeah the the replayability here and the creativity that they allow is so good and so fun so thematic uh, that is my number 17 Marvel Champions, the card game. Great pick. My number 17 is a game that takes place in in uh, Europe, specifically in Germany. What? What? Uh, I know, a, a Euro board game that takes <laughs> place in Germany. And you, uh, this is this is as unthematic euroy game as you could get i really think that i talked about this recently super simple game to play lots of great interaction with players that is hansa teutonica which you have not played i have not but i did talk about this recently so in this game you are going around literally just putting cubes <laughs> on a map Ooh. and oh that doesn't <laughs> excite you i'm all a tingle uh, you're putting out cubes on a map you are putting them onto routes and you are claiming those routes um so that you can put more cubes onto the different buildings into the different towns so that you'll get points um and that's it that is it 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 is i mean dry euro game this is the peak this is peak dry (laughs) euroy game but holy moly it's such a good game the great part of this is the interaction because it it's like uh uh another game actually i'll probably talk about a little bit later but if i do something that is going to negatively affect you it's not really that bad because you're also going to get a bonus as a result so i trade out one of your cubes and it's going to cost me um 
an extra cube, but you're going to gain a, an extra cube and still be able to place those onto another route. So there's a lot of, I'm going to put this just to get it in your way so that it's going to benefit me a little bit more in getting more cubes out onto the board and being able to manipulate that map. There's so many different cool assets, uh, facts, facets to this game too, because one of the things that I don't often do is if you have cubes on the board, you can take an action to take those cubes and move them anywhere out onto the board. And as the game goes on, you can open up bonuses that make it a really good avenue to take because you can move a lot more cubes that way. And I don't know, it's just cool because you can unlock a lot of neat things in this game. Taught this to a group at ChuckCon this year, and I think they all enjoyed it. They, not uh, Several of them had played, but not everybody had played, and I do think that they had a good time with it. This is a fantastic dry Euro game. Hansa Teutonica, mine number 17. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Lee dry, amazingly dry. <laughs> amazingly dry. You did have that part right. Um, <laughs> no, it's I've no got... superheroes, Darren. What are you <laughs> going to do? It's hard to go from Marvel uh, champions to, to Hansa Teutonica. <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better, I'm also going to keep us in Europe for just a little bit longer mm. for my number 16. Except we're not hanging in Germany. We're going up a little, a little, uh, little northwest to Scotland, to okay. uh, a 2019 game, to a game that, if I'm not mistaken, at one point in time was a Meeple Town game of the year. This is Glenmore Two Chronicles, mm-hmm. designed by Matthias Kramer or Cromer, uh, art by Jason Coates and Hendrik Noack, published by Fun Tales. Two to four players, 90 to 120 minutes, 161 overall. This is a Rondell tile placement game where you are a Scottish, you're the leader of a Scottish clan uh, from, believe it or not, the early medieval ages um, is where the game begins. But this one is interesting because it you kind of travel through time here as you're building out your clan. It goes from Middle Ages, um, medieval ages, all the way up until the 19th century. And you're moving your piece around this rondelle and uh, it's full of various tiles and you can move as far around this rondelle as you would like, but whoever's piece is last on the track, it's their turn. So if you move too far, you give your opponents multiple chances to take multiple turns before you get to go again. I love that, that, that tension there of knowing where, how to move and when to move and where you're going to go because whatever tile you land on, you're going to add that tile to your now growing uh, land area of tiles in front of you. And each of those tiles that you take have actions uh, that you can take. And when you place a tile, you will activate the tiles that are adjacent to the one you just placed. But you don't want to grow your lands too big because whoever has the smallest lands will kind of be the baseline for scoring at the end of the game. And so for every tile you have more than them, more than whoever has the fewest, you will lose points. And so again, that's something you're keeping in the back of your mind the, the whole way. There's this clan board you move around as you can as you collect people tiles. You know, one of the things I love about the game is you can collect Robert the Bruce and William Wallace and all these other famous people that from uh, from Scottish uh, history. And oh, let's see, you can also uh, there's a resource market that you can manipulate, which is a lot of fun. And uh, the components of this game, too, are just super cool. The whiskey barrels and the wood and the wheat and the sheep. The, the production of this game overall is amazing. The storage uh, components have got it from top to bottom. This game's production is off the charts. There's the chronicles or the modules you can put in. I've not played with all of them, maybe just one or two. And I still love this game. Um, the theme, the setting, the rondelle, 
Gotta love, gotta love that Glenmore too. Fantastic. <laughs> Looking at it on my shelf right now. Yep. And we'll, you'll be talking we'll about it later. later. We will. Hey, maybe one not. that stayed on the list, maybe. That's right. Maybe not later <laughs> today, though. Maybe it'll oh, be in the. Oh. Um, oh, that's a top. Maybe 10. it'll be in the uh, the honorable mention list. No. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably not. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> the cool thing is, though, I'm looking at talked about Castles of Burgundy, that special edition, the Awakened Realms mm-hmm. edition. The boxes are the same height, and they match up really well together on mm-hmm. the shelf. The color scheme and everything kind of matches up, so it's nice. Uh, it's pleasant to the eye. Yeah, Glenmore Two is a beautiful box. It is a big box. It's no joke. And there is a an expansion. Uh, was it Highland Games? I can't remember. Yes. The Highlands uh-huh. were. Uh, I've got that one too. I've not had a chance to play it yet, and I'm so, I'm so bummed that I can't put it in the box with the rest of the stuff because that box is already full. The organization is amazing. I don't want to mess what? that up. I have Highlands <laughs> in my box. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just kept it around because I like how that box looks too. <laughs> it does. It does look good, but it's a, it's yep. a pretty small box that the Highland, Highland games. I All think right. I do. Maybe now I'm questioning it. I'm, maybe, I'm, well, now I'm questioning. Maybe, maybe I did add it. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, uh, my number 16, we'll hear more about it later. I'm sure. Glenmore 2 Chronicles. We're going to stay in Europe for a little <laughs> bit while longer. And we are going to stay in the realm of dry cute pushers. Ah, oh, good heavens. <laughs> Let's go to Spain. This is a game that released in 1995, 94 overall. Hansa was 124 overall. So 94 overall, this is El Grande. Mm. El Grande is the grandpappy of the uh, area control games where you are going to be putting cubes out onto a map trying to vie for uh, majority, not not control, but majority over the different locations. And you're going to do these scoring rounds uh, every every few rounds. And when you do that, you will score all the different uh, territories in Spain and, and Portugal. You'll score those different territories based on how many cubes you have there. And you'll, you'll get different varying uh, points. So the different territories might say if you've got the first place in this area, you're going to get six points. If you've got second place, you're going to get four points. In the last place, you get zero points or whatever. So there are different different values that you have there. You're also going to be at different times taking cubes and putting them into the cube tower. And that is also going to score. And so, the, and, and it's also blind. So I'm putting cubes in this tower, but you can't see what it, what's in there unless you counted very well and kept up with that, uh, kept up with that count as you play through those different rounds. But the neat thing is you are going to be drafting these cards. Everyone starts off with a card. I'll play a card uh, to determine how many Caballeros I'm going to get. And then also determines the player order of when I'm going to draft. And you only have these cards for a, all the same cards throughout the whole game. So if I use my best cards at the beginning, I won't have them at the end. So you have to plan that out very well and then draft those different cards that tell you the actions that you're going to take. And it is just a very smooth, beautiful, beautiful game. Beautiful, not in the sense of like good looking. It's not. It's a horribly ugly game. But, I was going to say. <laughs> but it does have that feel. And there's a new version of this coming out that is got great artwork on it. But it has the same feel as like a Hanzo Teutonica or 
what is you know the old castles of burgundy mm-hmm. um yeah all those old Euroway games that make you feel good you know when you look at the boxes this has that and it's just fantastic this and grin in uh, hansa teutonica have been big hits whenever i've introduced them to people including i've introduced el grande to a decent amount of non-gamers and they have also enjoyed this game a lot yeah i've heard that yeah this is one that again i've not i've not played but kind of like when a buddy of mine introduced um introduced me to agricola i thought yeah i'd like to play that just because everybody talks about it it seems like a classic game that you just sort of need to play uh this this is in that category for me i would like to play el grande just because it sounds like one of those games that you know if you're into it it would be good to have as a baseline to compare everything else to. Cause like you said, it's kind of the grandpappy in a lot of ways of the area control stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess risk is probably the great, great grandpappy. I don't yeah, know, but, but that's this risk. is in the, in the realm of modern strategy board games. This is, this is peak. And it's one of those, this is another thing. Like it just, it holds up. It does. This game's been out for 20, 30 years, almost. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 30 years. And wow. it just, it still yeah. holds up. I love it. That's great. It is Il Grande. I don't know how I feel about 1995 being about 30 years ago. I'm going to have to go sit down. I need. I am sitting down. That's how old I am. I'm, I need a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that's great. Uh, well, we're staying in Europe, but not in Spain. We're going to move back to the Celtic lands for my number 15 for this 2016 game, but also area control or area majority. This is Inish, designed mm. by Christian Martinez, art by Dimitri um, Bilak, sorry, Dimitri, and Jim Fitzpatrick, published by Matigo, two to four players, 60 to 90 minutes. Number 98 overall, Inish still getting some top 100 love. This is uh, an area majority game, card drafting, lots of miniatures, not the best miniatures, but there are lots of them. And it's set in ancient Celtic history and mythology. And you're trying to be elected ruler of the island, which is made up these modular tiles that are kind of funky looking that you're going to put out and build as you as you go. Um, you're going to try to be the, the leader of the island by having, there's, there's three ways that you can do this, that you can win and be the, the leader. And it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it at first, but once you get it, you get it. You you become the leader by either um, having more clan figures, little miniatures, having more clan figures than any, than any other player in the lands that are containing at least six opponent pieces, or by having your clans present in at least six different territories, theme of sixes here, or by having your clans in territories that collectively contain at least six sanctuaries. So again, first time you're playing, that's a lot to kind of keep up with. And you can easily accidentally hand somebody the victory by not paying attention because you're so focused on one victory condition, you forget and leave the door open for someone else uh, to take it in one of the others. Well, one of the neat parts about the game is that you begin the round by drafting these cards. And it's a small deck of cards. And so basically everyone knows what everyone else could have in their hand. And so that being the case, you know, managing your hand and, and bluffing and timing and all the mind games that ensue while you're while you're playing this is why I love this game. The card powers are really interesting and thematic and the art is gorgeous. And I have the first uh, version of this, the first edition, and I actually prefer that art over the the second one. Uh, but both are beautiful. Um like I said miniatures are weak, but the art is gorgeous. 
Uh, I've played this at four players. I've played it at two. They play very differently, uh, but they play great both ways. Uh, you and I played this at at two at Game Point one time, mm-hmm. and um, that was the first time I'd played it. And man, I absolutely, absolutely love this game. It's funny to me. I didn't realize this, but looking, I just looked up Kemet and Cyclades to see what's mm-hmm. ranked highest. Inish is ranked highest. I had no I idea. Know. Isn't that wild? It's funny. And and it's close. Kemet's. Um, I don't have it pulled up now. Kemet is one. Actually, I do have that one. One thirty six. Cyclades yeah. was like two twenty two or something like that. Yeah. Yep. I think that's right. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And Inish is probably my least favorite of these three, but it's it's a really good game. Yeah, when we played this, we played all three of those together the same day, didn't we? Didn't we do Inish mm-hmm. and Cyclades and Kemet all at once? The new Kemet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood and Sand. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this one is, it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That it is. I'm looking at it right now. That that old version, too. It is very pretty. Sitting it's right how, next to Cyclades and Kemet's behind it on the shelf. I feel like all of my games are like sitting right right, right in front of you. Like all, my, all the games on my list today. Or right there mm. in your your purview. So. We'll see. I, I'm guessing not on this shelf over here is my guess. No more games over here. <laughs> gotcha. We'll All right. We we'll shall see. see. That, <laughs> that was my number 15, Inish. All right. Moving along, my number... Ooh, should look at this better. 15. My number 15 is a game that came out in 2012. They just did a re-release of this not that long ago. It was difficult to find for a long time. This is a Xavier uh, uh, George, George, Jorge, George, George, Xavier Ginkopolis. It's ranked 368 overall. A game that we were introduced to by Steph Hodge because I think this is her favorite or second favorite game of all time. I think it's her favorite. And this game has a lot of different things. It's got the area majority it has card drafting it has tableau building and engine building and ultimately what you're doing is you're drafting these cards to determine the actions that you're going to take some of that might be gaining resources some of it might be gaining points Uh, but whenever you take a specific action it triggers all the other um, action points or whatever that you have from uh, from the tableau that you've built up but really you're trying to get your you're trying to get your disc out onto the board as you're building up the tile. Uh, it's tile placement too. So you're building up this map and you're going to be putting tiles onto the map as you build up. And, um, and, and then your cylinders on top of that. And so at the end of the game, this is where a lot of the points come from. At the end of the game, you're going to get points based on the larger cities. And if you control those or not, you can still get points if, you don't have full control over them, but it's a significantly less amount of points. And so that area majority becomes a very big part of this, even though it might not feel that way the first time you play because you might think, oh, I'm doing pretty good getting all these points in during the game. And then you get destroyed at the end of the game. But it is a really cool game that you really just need to try uh, to, to, to get the full experience of this. And it might take a try or two to, to really kind of grasp it although it's it's a pretty smooth game it's i would say it's even fairly easy to play yeah yeah it's a fairly easy game to play it's just that it it takes a bit to understand all the nuances of how everything works together especially the in-game scoring 
through the through the area majority. But that is Ginkopolis. There's an expansion for this now. I don't have the expansion for it. I don't even know. I've got the old version of it, and so I don't think they're compatible, and I just don't feel the need to get all the new stuff. So I'm I'm fine having the old the OG version of this. Now, as I look at this on on BGG, it says that what came out in 2012. Is that yes. right? Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd heard there was a reprint of this or a yep. new edition or something. Is that not out yet? I thought it was already out. No, it's out. It's out. It came out. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it says on here or not. Um, I would say probably two years ago now. It's been a okay. while. So is, is that what I'm looking at when I'm looking at BGG? Is that the the newer version right there? That's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah the, gotcha. Funny enough, the the older version kind of looks like the cover for uh is it Glenmore? They they have a similarity. Um gotcha. Okay. I'm not yeah, I think at, I see the I'd older actually, cover now. Okay. Let's I actually don't it. have yeah. a copy in here right now. That's oh you have a copy of my games, but not your games. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it appears that way. Yeah. My it's games in the are closet. <laughs> <laughs> it is in the closet. Yeah, there yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, the old one is this guy kind of looking over the city, similar to yeah. Similar to Glenmore, not exactly. Right. Glenmore's box is cooler, yeah. I think. But no question. Yeah, that I'm is apologize. my number. Well, you, you've no. okay, and you've not played it. No, I have not. I was going to tell you, I, I apologize for calling you the shallow gamer um, because the games you are picking are not the best. You know, they're not the most looking, best looking games by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think I'm the shallow gamer. These are some- uh, let me see. <laughs> of the games today so far. Well, Foundations of Rome and Eclipse are pretty big productions. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and that. then the other ones are your normal Euro yeah. fare. This is your old Q-Pisher list. That's cool, though. That's neat. you got to have some of those. <laughs> oh, there's more to come. <laughs> Can't wait. That is my number 15, Ginkopolis. Very nice. Well, um, we're staying in Europe, of course. And oh, but yeah. we are, are going to travel back in time. And as long as we're talking about some area majority games and, you know, my number 15 was Inish, my number 14 is Cyclades. This is Ooh, an older game. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But just I bet above. I know what the next one is then. No, <laughs> I bet you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I will say, mild spoiler, Kemet, of, of this three trilogy of games, Kemet did not make my list. That was one of my um, least, that was my least favorite of the three that we played. But I know many people love it, but. Inish was great. Encyclades just edged Inish out. Again, this is a 2009 game designed by Bruno Cathala and um, uh, Ludovic uh, Malblanc. Art by Miguel Coimbra, published by Matigo. Two to five players, 60, 90 minutes. Like you said earlier, 222 overall. This too is an area majority game, but this adds, and this is probably why it takes the the nod over Inish. It's also an auction bidding game. Um, with uh, It's got some dice rolling, Set in ancient Greece, your goal is to build two metropolis, two metropolises, uh, metropoli, metropoli, two separate metropolis tiles. And at the beginning of the round, players are going to bid for the favor of the gods. And if you get outbid on one of those gods, then you have to bid on another god and can't go back to the original god that you bid on unless somebody else outbids you again. Just the way that whole um, auctioning and bidding mechanism works is so much fun. So as the game progresses, you may start... Uh, bluffing by bidding on something you don't want in order to maybe get what you do want. It's just one of the favorite parts of the whole bit. 
And uh, depending on whose favor you win will determine what action you get to take. Like Ares lets you move armies and Poseidon lets you move your navies. And there's also like Zeus and Athena and Apollo. Um, So you're traveling around trying to move your troops, trying to build these cities. And there is some combat. It's not always the most interesting because basically you're comparing your number of forces versus the other person's number of forces. And you're going to roll a die to see if you get any bonus forces. And whoever has the most forces wins that battle and you get to remove some troops. But man, that does create some big stand-up moments. I can remember when you and I were playing, uh, you were teaching it to me and I didn't quite know what I was doing, but I was doing well enough to be close. And I had like one, we had one battle that if I had rolled uh, the right number on that die, then I would have controlled that island, which would have let me build my next metropolis and had a chance to win. But I rolled, oh, and I just missed. And then like within two turns, you had won. But like, it all came down to that moment. I love games like that. That's It's thinky, it's Euro-y. Um, um, it's, uh, you've got those mind games that go in between the players, but yet it still has that, that randomness that adds a whole level of excitement, man, Cyclades. And it's set in ancient Greece, which I'd love. I love ancient Grecian themes as well. So. Totally agree with that. That's a, that's a great pick. I'm looking at the new legendary edition of this. Now, did you back this? I did not. This was... I had just this summer, I think, gotten, or maybe back in the fall, it was this year somewhere, um, I had just acquired all of the expansion stuff for the original version of this. And then as Mm. soon as I did that, within like a month, they announced they were doing this legendary bit. And so I I cursed them for that and uh, refused to look at the page anymore. I have all that I want. Don't make me buy more but I did go in for the gold coins. <laughs> I'm going to go in and get the gold. The gold oh, coins. okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, that is one thing I would love to have for that. Yeah. That older version. I didn't back this new one either. Honestly, I might have, if it was the same size box as Kemet blood and sand. <laughs> now call me shallow if you will, but I like to keep those games together. Unfortunately, yeah. I did get Kemet uh, because one, it's my favorite of the three and two, I like the production on the newer one better. Cyclades, yeah. the miniatures are better, but I don't know if I care that much about it. Um, right. You know, I, yeah. I'm fine with what it is. Yep. I think there was more in there. They tweaked some, changed some things, but I don't know if it was enough to the game that's there is already yeah. amazing. You don't have to do anything else. If I could bling it out some with some metal, you know, that may be better than that. No, it's good. Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. That is my 14. Cyclades. My number 14 is... uh, We're going back to the motherland. That's where we're going to go. I had to pull this one up. Um, This is a 2018 release, and it was a remake of a game that was really good. This is the number one game of all time. How about that? Hmm. I am a man of the people. (laughs) (laughs) that is brass birmingham this is another uh cube pusher where you are uh building out the map basically in in uh, building building up your industry on the map and how this works out is it's like martin wallace games a lot of his games you're going to have a handful of cards and you are going to be playing two actions every turn playing a card to take the action and the action might be to um, put one of the tiles, you know, build one of the tiles out onto the board. It might be to build up a, 
uh, network with the roads or the, excuse me, a canal or the uh, rail railroads based on what era you're in. Uh, it might be kind of manipulating and get betting better cards. It might be selling things. There's lots of different things that you can do, but every time you have to take, you have to spend a card. And so there's a little bit of hand management. It's funny enough, though, it's not difficult. The card play itself isn't like crazy because you don't always have to have the exact card to be able to take the action that you want. A lot of the actions, like building a network, for example, you can just discard any card. Um, and so it, it, it's not, you don't feel super handcuffed in that aspect of the game. There is also elements of player interaction where if I build a building out and I like an uh, ore mine or a coal mine, or it's not iron, what is it called? Or iron something factory. I don't know what those tiles are called. But if I build out a coal mine and you want coal, as long as your network is connected to my coal mine, hey, you know what? It's fair game. You just take it. You can just take it and use it. But when all of the coal is taken off of my tile, it flips over and I'm going to get points for that and an increase in my income. And money in this game is very tight, especially at the beginning of the game as you're trying to build up your industries. Uh, and like Lancaster, you can take loans to be able to get money and more than likely you will take at least one loan, maybe two throughout the game. But it is silky smooth, and the player interaction is phenomenal. There's a good app version of this one, too, although I've played it more times in person than I have the app. It, uh, Steam Steam version is how I play this one, but it is, it's so good. I love this game very much. Now, Lancashire, uh, and I'm looking at it on my shelf right now, both of them next to each other. Lancashire, I like less, but it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it is a little bit trickier, I think. I feel like Brass Birmingham feels a little bit smoother, a little more uh, refined, I guess. Yeah, I would I would say that's the case. Okay. So that is Brass Birmingham, my number 14. You know, I've I've never played this one. I would I would like to very much, just because it is the number one game of of all time it looks like one that would be um i think kind of have to at that point right if it's going to be that that high up but it sounds interesting um industrial revolution doesn't really speak to me but enough people love it the people have spoken it's got to be pretty good the game screams Um, pollution if you're into pollution (laughs) that's kind of the the problem you know that's one of the things i look at i was like ah it just feels so smoggy i don't know if i want to play that Yeah, I usually wear a mask when I play this. Just <laughs> have a hard time breathing, just looking at the box great. and the map. Take a picture of you playing the game, but with your mask on. <laughs> That's right. 14, Brass Birmingham, what you got? My number 13, uh, we're going back across the pond. We're going back to North America. And we're going to time travel again. We're mm. going back. We're going, we're going way back, like 10,000 years BC back. My number 13 Ooh. is Endless Winter, Paleo-Americans. Oh, that's right. 2022 game designed by Stan Kordonsky, art by Vimicho, published by Fantasia Games. One to four players, 60 to 120 minutes. Already number 268 overall. I feel like that's pretty good um, considering the game market that we're in and it coming out. It's already 268. I hope it keeps climbing. But this is a deck building, worker placement, set collection, area majority game. It's got all the mechanisms. I think like 14 to be exact. If you look on BGG, uh, it is a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on, but it's worth it. The juice is definitely worth the squeeze in this one. Uh, it is set in North America around 10,000 BC, and you are leading your tribe 
across several generations. You're either going to be migrating to new lands, which involves a modular area majority board. You're going to be establishing cultural traditions by buying and playing cards from the market row, you know, deck builder. Uh, you're going to be hunting, which involves some set collection animal cards um, that you can actually use as resources or you can use as points at the end of the game. Or you're going to be building megaliths, which uses this stackable tile placement mechanism. And uh, again, the, the deck building part is really interesting because you've got these multi-use cards and that you can spend those cards for their actions, or you can use them for labor to send out your workers or to take other actions. Uh, the cards also have these, uh, some of the cards have these eclipse bonuses, which can help you at the end of the round when this eclipse phase takes place. But you can only take the eclipse bonus if you still have those cards in your hand at the end of the round. So again, there's that struggle. What card do I play? What card do I save till the end of the round? Uh, really juicy decisions there. And uh, one of the things that this game does well that a lot of other deck builders don't, uh, particularly some of the deck building worker placement um, games like like Dune and um, um, Arnak, this game lets you call your deck pretty much whenever you want. And I love that. So you can get rid of cards um, whenever you feel like you need to, basically. And you can score them because those cards that you call will go under your burial card. And at the end of the game, you will score points for how many uh, cards you have called. And so it does it thematically. It's it's brilliant. Uh, the components for this are amazing. The sculpts, the little plastic miniature sculpts of the buildings or your chieftain. The the wooden meeples are, are gorgeous. The art is fantastic. Fantasia. Man, was this their first game? Was Endless, I want to say Endless Winter was Fantasia's first game. And uh, man, just doing that amazing. Right. Yeah, I, th I think so. They're doing amazing work. I love their rule books, uh, their player aids, everything that they try to make as user-friendly as possible. And if you follow them on some of their other campaigns uh, that they have had, they're constantly doing what they think is best for the consumer, um, for the, the players. And so, man, just love, love, love this game. When this first came out, I thought it was going to be a top five game for me. It's not yet, but it might be <laughs> as, as time goes on. So, but we'll see. Yeah. Good, good pick. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. We may be hearing more from Dean Arino on Endless Winter. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. My number 13, Endless Winter, Paleo Americans. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be moving into uh, some heavier card games. Not heavy, uh, meaning like the gameplay. There's a lot of card play in the games that I'm going to be talking about coming up next. And I'm going to start with a 2018 release. This is my number 13, Everdell, which is a game that's ranked 31 overall. Very popular game. Lots of different implementations of this one. The Everdell Far Shore that just came out. I do not have that. My little Everdell, little, little Everdell, oh, is uh, the kid version of this one, which my family loves quite a bit. Everdell is a game where you are worker placing. It's it's in that it's in that vein of what you're talking about. It's in the vein of the worker placement and card play. This isn't a deck builder, but it is a tableau builder of cards that you're going to be getting and drafting from the center of the board. And... Uh, that's it. So you're placing your worker to gain resources. It starts off really slow. And then by the time you get to the end, you're doing all kinds of crazy things. And you're going to have huge, huge turns in that last season of the cards that you're putting out, of the actions that you're taking, of the uh, objectives that you're trying to complete. 
The production is beautiful. You got this giant tree in the middle of the board. Some people don't like that and you don't have to use it. In fact, there's a the expansion has a tree stump that you can just use instead if you want to uh, if you want to do that, but why not? Why not put that amazingly <laughs> beautiful right. tree out there? I don't think it blocks it as bad as other people say it does. No. Gamers are sensitive. But it is a table hog because you do have 15 cards in your tableau that you're putting out. The max of 15 cards in your tableau. Yeah. Ooh, this game is so fun. I've loved it ever since the beginning. I've got the giant, giant box that will not fit on the shelf up here, so it's downstairs. <laughs> With everything, it took me 32 years to sticker the the, do, the the new version of the game. But it was worth it. I, I still haven't stickered mine yet. Mm, good luck. Maybe one day. <laughs> I don't have 32 years to, to spend. I might have paid more for the used copy of this if somebody had already stickered it, honestly. Oh, wow. That's a good this point. This is one of those situations where it's well worth it. Well worth it if you can get a used copy that's even the same price, I think, it because you're saving yourself that much time. Yeah. Yep. I love this. This was my 37, so I don't have a whole lot more to say. I think that's a great game. <laughs> All right. So my number 12 is a crossover with you. We've already talked about it this very episode. We're going back to Europe. We're going to Austria. 2015, Grand what? Austria Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I won't say much about this. You've already talked about it. I absolutely love this game. The The dice, the dice drafting part of this, uh, especially, makes me really happy. You know, when you, beginning of the round, you roll those dice and you've got to sort them out. And then you're, like you said, you're trying to... Um, the strength of the action that you take is based on how many dice are in there. That is so much fun. Um, anything with like some dice rolling and drafting is a dice worker placement. Any of those types of games, I'm always going to have an, an appeal towards the the idea of trying to give your customers in the cafe what they want, and then you know send them off to bed like good little boys and girls is is fantastic. The I, the Easter eggs in the in on the cards of the guest is hilarious. I meant to go back and double check, but I know like one of the characters in there, one of your guests is the guy from the Zolkin board game from the cover. Oh, is it's that, that right? guy? There's some other, yeah, yeah. There's some other designers in there. I meant to go back and look through the cards to pick out a few, but yeah, you go through and look through your guest cards. If you're at all um, board game, hobby, hobby board game savvy, you're going to recognize some people. And uh, it's really, it's really interesting. And the the staff cards, man, the staff can really make or break this game, and you you really can't be afraid to to mill some of those staffers and, and get some people that can really help you out. They're so much fun. It's everything that I want a euro to be. It's clever, yet and it's got just enough randomness and a, and a really good sense of humor. Um, man, I'm jazzed. I love this. I'm also jazzed about the new Roll and Write version. I'm not sure we've talked about this yet, but they've announced a new Roll and Write version of this game. Code Hawk Saison, the high season. Yeah, it's supposed to be, again, similar gameplay, but but playing quicker. Uh, obviously, when you've got the rolling right, you've got people um, taking some simultaneous turns, perhaps. I, I haven't really looked into it. All I heard was Grand Austria Hotel rolling right. And I thought, okay, sure, I'll buy that. Yeah, I need but to. Yeah. It makes me want to get that in the uh, Orleans rolling right as well. I don't know about that. Roll, wait, rolling right? What's the what's the version of that one? It is a rolling right, isn't um, it? No, well, I think they're calling it a draw and write. Is that what it is? Oh, okay, okay. The Joan of Arc game, something. Either way, but yes, my number twelve, Grand Austria Hotel. All right, my number twelve. I'm trying to look up these different 
staff card or the different guest oh, cards. Oh, go on for there. it. <laughs> <laughs> it I really is fun to look through there. Okay. Yeah. You have, have to look it that. up later. I'm assuming somebody has a list of them listed somewhere. That's it's a good internet. point. Probably. <laughs> yes. No question. All right. My number 12 fits in that category of endless winter, Dune Imperium. Uh, the deck builder worker placement game. It is my almost favorite one of those type of games. It's actually maybe my third favorite. Yep, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it's not. That is Lost Runes of Arnak. It came out in 2020. It is ranked 28 overall, which is not as high as Dune Imperium, although it is really close. And they don't need to be compared, but it's okay that they are. And I love both of them. Both are in my top 50. This one's just a little bit higher because I I don't know I something about the um the puzzle of this one I guess is what it is Dune Imperium is has a lot more player interaction has a lot more of the uh, deck building part that is more important this one just feels like a puzzle where you're trying to get up a track which I'm totally okay with that you are going to be getting these different types of cards uh, some that you'll be able to use right away some that are going to have to go into your deck. And even the ones that you use right away, they're going to come back out later, but you have to spend them to use a little bit later. But you're going to get points for lots of different things. For the exploring part, for killing uh, beasts that are guarding those locations, you're going to be getting points for moving up on the track, for the cards that you gain in your hand. Lots of cool ways, but the big thing really is trying to figure out the puzzle of moving up the track. I think that that tends to be the part that is the most important as far as points are concerned. I do have the expansion for this, the first expansion for this, which I think is in the category of you really should get it if you like this game because it's going to ramp it up that much more. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts off with a new deck and a character that you, um, uh, a character that is um, asymmetric. You know, you you have your own character that has its own abilities, which I love that in games in general. And this type of game, it ten- kind of lends itself to being uh, much better. But the new expansion is the one I'm more excited, not more, I'm equally as excited about as the first one. And that's because it has a campaign in it with the uh, with the solo version. Uh, is it just solo, the campaign? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm answering I my own questions. So. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Maybe it's not. But it is, you can play that campaign solo, I think. The solo version of this is really good. I prefer the solo of Arnak to Imperium because it just doesn't, Arnak is a lot more of a solo experience. It, you know, I can do my own thing. We will get in each other's ways because of the worker placement spots and the different locations that we're going to explore and the race on the track, but that's it doesn't feel as in your face as what Dune Imperium does. So I'm excited to play through that campaign and see what that's like, but it's going to be, I think, next month before it releases here. Gotcha. Yeah. Speaking of that campaign, the BGG page says that uh, it can be discovered as part of a solo or two player cooperative campaign that consists mm, of six okay. chapters. So yeah. So one or two players sounds like you can play the campaign. And it also has yeah. a, another, since you have it pulled up, maybe you don't see it on there, but one or two characters, new characters that you can play it with. says two. Yeah. And, two but no map, leaders. I don't think. Uh, two new leaders explore new paths to knowledge, two new research tracks, and build oh. your expedition team with new artifacts, items, and assistance. Wow, there's a lot more in there than I thought, so maybe I will yeah. like it even better, even though the other one was so good. It offered more of your leaders. Um, but wow, two new maps too. That's exciting. Tracks, yeah. not maps. but Tracks, yeah. yeah. Ah, very cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that. 
That's a great game. This is one that I was super excited about when I heard it. And then the more I watched on it, I became less excited. And the more I heard about it, I became less excited. Um, loved Dune, loved Endless Winter. Again, you don't have to compare those two, but people do. It gets stuck in your brain. But the more I hear people, hear people talk about the game after the expansions have come out, I would like to play this. There's a, a co-worker of my wife. Her and uh, and her family play this game a lot. And so and uh, I, I feel like, man, <laughs> I need to sit down and play this game with them, with someone who really loves this. And, uh, and experience it fresh with no preconceived notions or anything, because I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you just ranked Endless Winter so high, um, again, yeah. this doesn't have the same, all the same stuff going on. Um, I think Endless Winter is um, more like Dune Imperium in the sense of, I don't know, it's a good mixture. Endless Winter is a good mixture of both of those two. Um, but yeah. Arnak does feel more like a solo experience, even though it's not. There, There is... Plenty yeah. of player interaction. It's just a different type of interaction. Yeah. And I'm okay with some solo multiplayer solo type stuff. And you throw an Indiana Jonesy type theme on there yep. potentially. Yeah, you know, I'm interested. Yeah, it doesn't feel the most thematic, but it's still you, right. you feel it a little bit. Yeah. That's my cool. number twelve, Lost Runes of Arnak. All right, my number eleven, the last one for the day. You know, we've spent a lot of time in in Europe today. And I'm glad that Arnak took us uh, to someplace different, someplace uh, jungly. Is that a, is that a word? Jungly is not, not a word. Sure it's, okay, Just looked it up. Well, we're <laughs> well. <laughs> at least it's warmer, and so now we're gonna we're gonna leave from there and go to a more tropical, more islandy type setting. Uh, but this is no paradise. This is a fight for your life. This is Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. From, <laughs> that's a good game. That's a good game. Yeah, that's it fun. is. From 2012, designed by Ignacy Chebicek and Joanna Kiljanka, uh, art by Vincent Detroit and others, uh, published by Portal Games, one to four players, 60 to 120 minutes. Again, I would just play this one or two. Uh, this is uh, number 86 overall, a co-op worker placement exploration game where you are uh, shipwreck survivors and you're trying to find food and fight off animals and build a shelter and protect yourself from the weather. All the while, you also have these other goals and calamities to deal with based on whatever scenario or adventure you're playing. And there are several. The story that goes along with each of these scenarios is one of the main things, one of the first things that really drew me in to the game originally. I love the potential storytelling of this, despite how much more difficult it can make the game. But uh, you yourself have a role, and uh, you take on some unique skills and abilities and you have these two basically like worker disc. And so if you put both of them on one of the actions to take your guaranteed success, but if you just put one of those discs on an action, you now have to roll the dice associated with that. And if you get a success, then great. But if you get a wound or something, then now you have to draw an event card from that action deck. And the top of that card usually isn't too bad. It gives you something that happens, but then you have to shuffle that card back into the main event deck. And whenever it comes out again, you have to read the bottom of the card and that's usually terrible. And so uh, it's such a hard game, but I love that mechanism of, okay, here's this, like here's some bamboo you found. You get to use it. Put this in the deck. Later on, you'll draw that card. Oh, well, that bamboo you used is like rotten and it's fallen. So now you suffer these wounds because your shelter just crumbled. It's like, oh, great. Um, that kind of stuff. Just again, the story that emerges from that deck and the laughter in part because you're delirious from from dehydration and starvation and uh, and all the the crazy, terrible things that will happen to you, the hilarity that will come from this. 
uh, shared miserable experience is phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh, you're exploring the island while flipping over tiles, so it has an exploration component to it. Maybe you find food. Maybe you found a wild, an- a wild animal that's going to eat you. Either way, um, it is always an adventure <laughs> on Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. Oh yeah, what a great game! That's that's it a is. fantastic game. I I really went back and forth on backing the the big production version of this game. You did, I did. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, <laughs> Jonathan did too. I think so. Between the two of you, yeah, I'll be able to play it. I think the only the big thing I I didn't need the miniatures is the you know this game doesn't need miniatures. The discs are right. totally fine, and I didn't want to have unpainted miniatures, and I didn't want to have to paint the miniatures. That's the big reason I didn't back it. No, makes sense. Although I think you could have gotten maybe a non miniature version. But why would you? You're right. <laughs> it's a very, very pretty production. It's taken yeah. a long time, though. It is. Yeah. He, he every once in a while, Ignacy gets online and puts out a YouTube video apologizing for how long it's taken. But I mean, he, he always sounds like a very sincere, genuine person. It hurts him just as much to say that much more so than any of us who are having to wait on our games. Uh, yeah. But he wants to do it right. He really wants to make sure there's no qualms about this when it comes out and so and i know people have had some translation issues with some of their real books and stuff in the past he wants this to be perfect this is his baby so take all the time you want ignazi um you know just make it right bro yeah well speaking of ignazi making things right oh (laughs) it's a great transition i love it Uh, we we never we never see each other's list (laughs) we don't know we know my number 11 is not Robinson Crusoe, although that is a great game and a great pick. Mine is a more recent release. It came out in 2019, designed by Ignacy Chevichek and uh, Joanna Kijanka, Kijanka, or Kianka. Uh, same designers, right? Same exact designers. Yes, exact ones, yep. This is Imperial Settlers Empires of the North. Just talking about this game gets me so jazzed. Honestly, it's just outside the top 10. Uh, sometimes I think about this is really when I play it, sometimes I'm like, is this like my favorite game of all time? But this is one of those games where like Darren, I am going to combine a couple. I didn't do this for brass Birmingham. I stuck with brass Birmingham alone. This one though, this is actually probably much worse where I throw in <laughs> Imperial settlers, empires of the North, I throw in regular Imperial Settlers and 51st State. No, you didn't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm doing it. It's my list. I'll do whatever I want. You sure can. <laughs> <laughs> they all feel similar. And, and really, 51st State started it all. And then they all kind of built off of that. Now, Imperial Settlers Empires of the North is the weird one of the group because it also has these discs that your your worker placing i say worker placement it's not exactly that but you're it is i mean you're putting your disc out onto the board and taking another action similar to like a lost runes of um, uh lost runes of arnak or everdell where it just it gives you just a little bit of a boost right at some point you can kind of start doing the things that you need to do with the cards that are in play but when you add in the worker placement in empires of the north it really does ramp it up from the very beginning because there's stuff that you can do right off the bat without having to wait to uh without without having to wait to do it you know a little bit later uh but this one you are taking a faction you will take on a faction of the uh let's see the first ones we've got the scotsman inuits 
and Vikings, but there's two different versions of all of those, which is uh, another separation from this game is that you've got two versions of all the different factions, which I think is pretty fantastic. Mm. You are um, either on your turn, you are going to be playing a card out, taking an action from your cards, or you are going to be um, placing your worker out. And once you place your worker out, it's possible for you to be able to, to move that disc later in the round if you play food to be able to move it to an adjacent location and flip it over where it's exhausted. And so that's a, an interesting piece as well. Um, where do I, I, I've already started with this game. What, what, what do I love about it? So I love the tableau building. I think it's fantastic in you are uh, in the way that you're, you're building out your, your cards, building out your engine where you're going to have, some cards that are going to produce resources, your production cards, some of them are going to, and that works a little bit because you're, you, you can take the, the harvest action in this one, which is a little bit different than the other ones where you harvest the resources from your, uh, from that part of the tableau. You've got your action cards, you've got your in-game scoring cards, uh, like the other ones, although it does play out a little bit differently than what say Imperial Settlers does. Um, Imperial Settlers also plays over rounds, whereas this one is like 51st State, where it's a race to get a certain amount of points. Um, what else do I like? You you can explore. You can explore these different locations, and you can decide, am I going to raise this location? Am I just going to destroy it and take the resources? Or am I going to take this card from the island and bring it into my tableau, which will give me boost and, and actions and stuff to be able to do a little bit later? So there are a lot of decisions to to make there but ultimately you're trying to gain all these resources and do the best things that you can do with the resources i love 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 this game at some point my plan was to do a video of kind of ranking my favorite mm. factions i played this game a ton i did that for imperial settlers and then i was waiting on the egyptian expansion to come out and i just i never got around to doing a video for that i need to do that at some point because i took um copious notes on all of the different factions of this game i mean a lot a lot of notes for this one and it just never it never happened but it'd be a shame for that to go to waste yeah yeah oh this is such a good one such a good one and all, all of them if you said dean you have to get rid of you know both the imperial settlers games and only keep 51st state i'd be happy with that too because i think it's a fantastic game now i'm also excited about imperial miners that's coming out I might even get it in the mail today. It is possible. I don't know. I've got something coming in the mail, it looks like. I just don't know if this is what it is. I am giddy as a schoolboy right now. <laughs> Very That's excited. Funny. Yeah, you do. Just You always light up when you talk about this game. I feel like you and Z Garcia talk about this game more than anyone else I've ever I've ever heard. Um, yeah. This is I think one, his favorite is 51st State, right? I think so, that? yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean this this was one that I felt like was so far along when I started paying attention to this. It seemed overwhelming to get into. But uh, Imperial Miners sounds interesting because it sounds like a similar but yet different kind of game to get in on the ground floor on. But no, I'd I'd love to play this this one with you at some point in time. Throw it on the pile, you know. We'll get it there. Um, I actually eventually. think, Darren, knowing the games that you like, <clears throat> I probably should throw this one at the top of the pile. Oh, okay. I, I think. I think you might really, really like this one. I'm surprised John really had this one high too, um, and then it and it cooled off for him a lot. I think part of it is his wife didn't. I think that's right. She may not have liked it as much, but 
he he kind of it was more ho hum on it the more and more he played it. For me, I get more and more jazzed every time I play it. Wow! Oh, and that's not even mentioning, <laughs> not even mentioning the the newer expansions that came out for it. Um, the the solo campaign expansion that came out for this one, and then the other one that came out for Imperial Settlers, are both phenomenal. I uh, they're so good. Oh, okay. Well, Imperial Settlers is phenomenal. This one's got some issues with translation and frustrations along the way, but the solo version of this one is still really good, even if you're not playing through that campaign one. So there there are some issues there, but it's still it's still cool. And they're still supporting all of these titles, aren't they? My guess is they're done. Okay. I don't know that for sure. My guess is that Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, and Imperial Settlers is done. They did do the Ultimate Edition of 51st State, which they've done like a thousand of those versions, I feel like. I can't imagine right. they do anything else for 51st State. Yeah. They can, they've, there's plenty of room to expand. Uh, and in fact, they made a map that came out with Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North that had all of these cool locations that they haven't used. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of room to expand, and they've even got some artwork for some of these things. I just don't know if they're going to continue on that path. I'm wanting to say that uh, Joanna, Joanna, Joanna mm-hmm. may have even left. She has. Did she? Okay. She, she okay. either so has or, or, or is going to leave. Yeah, I remember him making that announcement at some point. And it's my understanding that she really was the driving force behind Empires of the North. Gotcha. That the game really wouldn't have existed without her. Maybe maybe even regular Imperial Settlers too. And so I think that probably, yeah, I, I think that, I don't know if it kills it, but I definitely think it puts a hamper, uh, puts a damper on hmm. things. So what does that do for yeah. Imperial Miners? Did she have any input in that? Well, so it's a totally separate game. Right. And it was designed by a completely different designer. Okay. Not even, I don't think it was intentionally meant to be in the Imperial Settlers world, but it seemed to have fit very well in that. Um, gotcha. Who knows? I mean, time will tell on that. I, I have my suspicion that it should have been in the same world. I, I'm I'm not super optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic about the game, but not necessarily it being the next mm. big game in that line. I feel gotcha. like it feels very, it's yeah. going to feel very different. Well, your suspicions may be confirmed today, even, like you said. Yep. So I guess we'll That's find true. out. Probably not. I, I definitely won't get a chance <laughs> to play it today. You'll read through it. You'll look at it. You'll know. You'll have an idea. <laughs> well, that is time to wrap it up. We are, we've been talking long enough, I think. This is our, again, 20 through 11 next week. Get ready for our top 10 games of all time. <laughs> Did you like that? Let's get, let's get in touch with us. You can reach out to us through social media outlets on uh, that's at Mapletown Games on X and uh, just throws me off now. Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> I'm saying Twitter. I don't care what you say. Um, it's on X. Uh, you can also connect with us on the Board Game Geek Guild number 3407, but I highly recommend going on there to connect with us on our Discord because there's a lot of really good conversation going on there daily. I've really, really enjoyed um, having that group to, to connect to. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, definitely reach out to us or you can find the link on the boardgamegeek.com guild. And until next time, thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Later. What do you do if you can't afford to fly from Germany to the UK? I've got no idea. Euro.
Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good out of a list of a lot of very offensive <laughs> European jokes that we saw online. This That's one a- is not offensive. <laughs> That's actually one of the better ones you've told, to be honest. 